This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. This podcast is being dedicated to the memory of Etel Malka Bas Eliyahu, Merle Ann Kremen, by her daughter B.J. Goldman. The first yard site is on the 21st of Sivan. May the Neshama have an aliyah. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast for Parshas Bahaloischa. Pei Gimel, least Bahaloischa in Chutzla Oretz. Um, this is a Parsha which is uh, has a number of episodes in it, and um, it's also a continuation of the description of the uh, procession of the Yidden through the Midbar, through the wilderness, in this very orderly procession. Uh, it's even kind of has its own melody to it, as <coughs> a description of uh, how they progressed through the uh, through the Midbar. This time it does not uh, talk about the numbers involved. It talks about, you know, it gives the names of the leaders of each uh, faction. Uh, faction, should say, the uh, delegation. It's uh, divided into four delegations. Uh, one of the big points there is, just not to leave it out, is that uh, a very interesting point that that uh, I noticed this year and a couple of the Forsham talk about it, specifically the Al-Shekhi uh, Kodesh and the Malbin mentioned the fact that the um, uh, order in which they uh, <coughs> proceed through the Midbar basically in four groups of three, each and, and the, the flag is under uh, is, is, is under the main group of the three and each one is in a different direction uh, mimics or, or you know model is modeled after the uh, the Merkava, uh, the holy chariot, so to speak, in in uh, in the heavens, which is also a kind of a concept of of um, the administration or the the traveling. Well, it's hard to say traveling, but uh, anyway, the the administration of Hashem's presence in the world, uh, specifically in Oil Mabria, and is talking about um, the way that the Chayas uh, the four representations of the divine presence um, are represented in the world on an ongoing basis. So uh, the implication being that the Jews in the world are the manifestation of that divine chariot in the physical world, which is a pretty uh, impressive and important uh, role to play. Uh, so this is an important thing to keep in mind, but specifically in terms of Bahaloischa, the uh, the beginning psukim are talking about the uh, role of the Kohen Gadol. Uh, we've been talking about the the roles of the Kohanim uh, in lighting the Menorah, and uh, Rashi uh, emphasizes there that the mitzvah is to light the. Uh, candles, the flame, that it should go up by itself. In other words, the initial, um, the initiation of the 
process and the ceremony of, of lighting the candles is, of course, by the Kohen Gudel. But he's supposed to, um, it's, it's not supposed to be just coming from him. It's supposed to be going until it's actually going up on its own or from itself, so to speak, from, from, from below, not just from above. Uh, there's a similar idea in terms of the, spoken about the Mizbeach, that it's a mitz, even though the, the, uh, there's this internal flame, internal fire going on, but the Mizbeach, which is a, a, a fire coming from a higher source, that nevertheless uh, it's a mitzvah to bring the fire from a lower source as well. In other words, the Kahnam have to light the fire as well as, the, even though the fire is pretty much already there, which is kind of the concept here as well. So, in other words, what we're talking about here is the concept of his oiris, of um, the uh, how are we kindled? How is our enthusiasm kindled? How how are we um, personally involved in, in the missus that we do, as opposed to just allowing it to become kind of automatic and by habit and uh, without any particular uh, personal involvement. Um, and even when we, uh, even though we may acknowledge the importance of being emotionally and and uh, energetically involved in the misses that we do, and not just doing it because we have to, um, nevertheless we may depend on that his oiris that that involvement um, from someone else, from some outside source that we're expecting or depending on to bring us in. And to get us, uh, you know, make us more enthusiastic, whereas really the ultimate responsibility for that kind of involvement is on ourselves, and we have to find ways that we ourselves can become more involved with the misses that we do, so that it's it's really considered to be a personal, uh, a personal involvement and a personal, um, uh, a personal investment in the things that we do, and not, not allow them to just be. Uh, uh, you know, when we feel like it or uh, according to our mood, according to the what we call the idea of a mikra as opposed to a kvias. Now, this is not the only thing. I don't want to make it sound like the only thing that's important is enthusiasm and if, you don't, if you're not really into it, that you shouldn't do it at all or something like that. Um, because the kvias is also an idea. You have the, the idea of kvias, but the, but the, but the kvias being a, a something done on a regular basis no matter how we feel about it. And it's very inter- interesting that the, um, another uh, part of the uh, Parsha speaks of the Levium and that the Bechoyrim, the Levium were, were taking over for the Bechoyrim. And there's a whole ceremony there where the, the uh, uh, Aaron and, and uh, Moshe were uh, involved in the transformation of the Levium from uh, their status as just another Sheva to actually becoming the assistants and the helpers of the Kohanim in the uh, in the Mishkan. Um, and it says that none of them uh, uh, resisted. None of them held back from participating in that. So the very fact that they were Ba'achtas, that they were uh, at one about it, we're not talking about each individual's enthusiasm about becoming, uh, taking on this, this uh, responsibility, a very serious responsibility for all the generations of uh, serving Hashem in the Mishkan, in the Besamikdash eventually. Um, it is also a matter of um, the idea that w- there nobody held back. In other words, 
the fact that that when we do something as one, as a, as, a, as an entire people or you know as an entire group, and and no, but not one person is making an exception of himself, then that is has a tremendous power to it. It becomes like you know you become like one unified entity as opposed to just a, a collection of individuals. So that that itself is very significant. So you have to really have both. You have to have that commitment and uh, and that feeling of you know. This is our responsibility, and everyone has to be part of it. But on the other hand, there's this additional aspect of going a step further and really considering it ours, and that we are, you know, every individual on his own level and in his own way is making it a personal involvement. Um, there's also the concept of uh, where it says that the, the the menorah was supposed to be lit lit by with a middle candle and and is facing El Mul Peneha Menorah. <clears throat> like the opposite the face of the menorah. So it's brought down, I think more Naim talks about this, that the the uh menorah in that of Besan, um <clears throat> that the Pneha menorah is talking about the physical aspect of the menorah, um is one one way of looking at it. Um and that it's through the physical mitzvahs. There's also uh, a hint to that is also in the fact that uh, the shemen is compared to the is is uh, symbolic of the chokhmah, the wisdom, um, and the uh, pesila, which is the the uh, the wick, which holds the flame, is the physical mitzvah. But in either case. As Monaim brings out very strongly, there's an idea of the physicality of the mitzvah is our way of connecting our physical bodies to Hashem through the mitzvahs. <clears throat> because uh, just as, as the uh, individual is made up of a body and a soul, and they have to be both involved in our, in order to have a relationship with the person, you have to be talking to his body because he has to be visible in some way, and at the same time he has to be alive, having a soul because you're talking to a dead body that's not going to get very far either. So obviously you have to have both. So you have both, then you're it's it's a complete action. So in the same way, a mitzvah has both a body and a soul. It has the body being the physical way that the mitzvah is done, and the soul is the mitzvah itself, the fact that Hashem gave it to us, and it has this this uh, spiritual content, spiritual connection, and it connects us to Hashem through using a physical uh, object in order to to do that. Uh, whether it's our own bodies or whether it's some object that we're manipulating, whatever it is, it's something that we are latching onto that helps us to connect to a totally spiritual entity like Hashem uh, and through our soul, which is also a, a spiritual entity, but but involving the physical world, which is really what the physical world is all about. We're supposed to be transforming everything into uh, the service of Hashem. And the idea that a flame is consuming <clears throat> energy from this world, in terms of, here, in terms of the, the olive oil and uh, in, in the, the keli, the physical keli, the, the vessel that's holding it, uh, and it's consuming that energy that we have processed in order to put it into it, and now that is being consumed and elevated to Hashem. It's becoming now something spiritual. It's not there anymore. Uh, it's being transformed into a different level of existence. So the same thing happens with the energy that we expend in um, the serving of Hashem, uh, that that is taking that which we are doing um, in a physical way, and now it is becoming a uh, a spiritual entity. So, all of these things are indications that um, it's the the involvement 
that makes such a, a tremendous difference. And when we see examples of people who have really turned their lives around uh, on the basis of, of a, a spiritual commitment, something that they've, a realization or a spiritual feeling or uh, an understanding of reality which has caused them and forced them, in a sense, to change their lives in a very significant way, um, it, it shows the power of that kind of involvement and how important it is. Uh, of course, you know, so many examples of Bali uh, Chuva, that is uh, particularly Tinik Shanishpa, the person who was brought up uh, in a more of a secular environment, who doesn't have much of a uh, Jewish upbringing or whatever, and, and decides to make a significant change in their lives and the way they, way they live their lives, sometimes affecting careers, all kinds of things that, um, that can change radically on the basis of spiritual decisions. And they're not afraid of those, and they're willing to 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 take the you know leap and uh, and make those kinds of changes. Um, one story comes to mind. There's so, there's so many stories, but uh, one story comes to mind of uh, Stephen Hill, Shlomo Hill. Uh, we had some personal contact with, and he, um, of course, changed his life very significantly by um, becoming from uh, being an actor. A very, you know, not very significant actor, not not just you know a, another actor, but a very very significant actor, and it it, it uh, really significantly impacted his career. Uh, nevertheless, he never uh, backed down. He never uh, did anything to uh, uh, change that commitment. To, uh, if anything, it just became more intense over the years. Even though eventually he did get back into acting uh, in a way that was you know not a contradiction to his uh, commitments. But that's a person that, you know, shows how it that that feeling is so strong that he couldn't do it any other way. Uh, and uh, even if it had been sacrifices in career, he was he was prepared to do that. Uh, another example was something that just happened in my own family that um, my brother, uh, um, chose to... Uh, uh, bring up his family in a Litvisha path, you know, Panevich and this kind of thing, B'nai Barak. Um, and uh, it was a very strong, you know, committed upbringing. But his wife, Shunam, um was from uh, kind of a mixed background. Her grandfather was actually a Rebbe in Argentina. And um, her father, though, was, uh, was Litvish. So she married my brother. And they had a Litvisha family, but she still had that background, you know, of, of uh, this Rebisha, you know, Hasidisha background. Her oldest son, it's my nephew, uh, from a very young age was always very, very uh, fascinated by Hasidisha things. So even though he was brought up in this Litvisha, you know, Chinuch, he, um, he gravitated very, very strongly to, uh, to Hasidim. And um, he got married with a Litvish Shidduch and you know, grew up his own family according to Litvish Derech. But he himself maintained that tremendous interest, interest and connection in, uh, in Hasidus. And uh, eventually he uh, decided apparently that it was, just, it was just too much for him to continue in that, in that path. And he decided to switch everything over to Hasidish. And he took on the Hasidish the Lavush, the, 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 the whole the whole way of dressing and uh, for him and for his family and, you know, really started speaking more Yiddish and he's, he's, uh, he decided to make that, that major, major change. So when he uh, came for him to, to marry off his, his oldest daughter, uh, and the chasen was just last week, uh, they ended up taking like a Rebbe I mean, somebody who had a Rebbe Shechichis, 
uh, and it was a totally, completely chasidish chasana, you know, to the nth degree. So um, uh, it, one can imagine, you know, the response of his colleagues and his neighbors and his, his uh, even the rest of his family uh, when he made such a, uh, you know, such a uh, radical decision, a radical departure from the way he had been till then. Uh, it's obviously only understandable when you realize the intensity of a person's... Um, uh, commitment or a person's desire to be to, to be part of something which you know is just part of him, and uh, and to change his life accordingly and to live his life life in a different way than he's lived it till now, even though it may not be convenient and even it may be looked askance at by uh, by others. Uh, sometimes a, a, a spiritual uh, commitment like that is is uh, the most. Um, one of the strongest things that a person can do with his life. So those are just a couple of examples of situations where people have made, you know, major, major decisions. Uh, I mean, in, in, in both of these cases, it's talking about people who are not just at the threshold of just deciding what they want to do with their lives. Like, you know, it's one thing if a person becomes a Valchuva and then, and then they get married according to that decision. That's one thing. But to already have a family or already have a career and then, you know, decide to just make this make a change and uh, regardless of, of the impact it's going to have on, a, on an existing, something you've already built up, uh, that's a very courageous uh, position to take. So, uh, in short, I mean, there's much, much, much more that we could say about on this subject, and it's a very, very important subject. But on a daily basis, a person has to really look uh, critically and and analytically at the way they approach Torah and mitzvahs, and realize that this is not something that is just to be done out of habit or uh, when they feel in the mood or whatever. It's it's uh, the intrinsic and uh, you know. Uh, essential part of the observance of mitzvahs is the level of enthusiasm with which we approach it. And if we don't feel that enthusiasm, we should definitely go to all, uh, make, make every effort to um, to attain it and also make sure that it's coming from within ourselves, something that we really uh, believe in and are committed to and uh, have found a way to to approach uh, in an individual way, each person we've talked about before, each person is has a spiritual makeup, a kind of the spiritual DNA in terms of the midas that they have. Each person is attracted to certain things, and the the uh, that 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 give them a highest, that give that make them feel alive, that make them feel enthusiastic about things. Uh, and the Moranayim says that that even in the physical world, things like a person may be attracted to food, or they might be attracted to money, or they might be attracted to you know certain talents or whatever they have. Even if it's something physical that's not, you know, immediately that uh, used to serve Hashem with, we can find ways of using those things to serve Hashem. And if we're in a on a lower level where the spirituality alone is not attracting us so much, but through some other thing that we are attracted to, that brings out the enthusiasm. You know, if a person likes to sing, and and instead of singing uh, secular songs, they can sing Jewish songs, and they can really, you know, make that a part of their avoidance so that. that itself is bringing out that 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 fervor and that uh, that uh, involvement and enthusiasm in in the way they they approach uh, their their Jewish lives as well. So um, anyway, I think that that's an important point to be made, and uh, I hope that uh, it's something that you can implement in your own life.